This is Honest Math Chat, an elementary teacher podcast. This is episode 13, Teaching Strategies, Discussion in Elementary Math Class. We're going to break down what a discussion is in math, and then I'm going to give you five strategies on how to get started using math discussion in your classroom today. If you haven't downloaded the guide to engaging math discussions, go right now, www.monamath.com slash discussions. This guide is going to walk you through so many tips and strategies and real life examples so that you can get started with math discussions today. But first, here are the tips. Math classroom culture, math mindset, and student-centered instructional practices are just a few of the topics that we will cover on the Honest Math Chat, an elementary teacher podcast. We will feature practical ideas from teachers for all teachers. See, this podcast is all about helping you create a classroom where students are empowered to love and deeply understand math. If you want the math classroom of your dreams, or let's face it, maybe you've never dreamed about math because it's not your thing, come alongside as I, a former math hater turned math teacher cheerleader, show you how you can transform your elementary's classroom. From just getting through the math lesson each day to making math your favorite part of the day and your students' favorite part. Let's get this honest chat started, shall we? So what do the students talk about in a math discussion is a question I have heard from many teachers. I think we all want to lead these engaging discussions, but when it comes down to it, we're just not sure what they should talk about. And I've heard it from a lot of teachers that they think they're having math discussions when really it's just students sharing their answers to the assigned work. So I want to spend some time today talking about what a math discussion is from the experts, NCTM, National Council of Teachers of Mathematics, and some various other research that really shows what a math discussion is. And then I'll give you my take on doing this in the classroom for the last 10 years. So If we're going to have a math discussion, or how about this? If we're going to have a discussion about math discussion, we have to get clear about what we're talking about. So here is a definition from one of my favorite books of all time from NCTM called Principles to Action. They say, a purposeful exchange of ideas through classroom discussion. That math discussions are opportunities to share ideas, clarify understandings, construct convincing arguments regarding why and how things work, to develop a language for expressing mathematical ideas, and to learn to see things from another perspective. That's a lot. That's a huge definition. So we're going to break that down. What is a math discussion? So the first thing that they say is purposeful. Math discussions are planned for. They don't just happen. We have to spend time before the discussion to think about what we want our students to talk about. In fact, we have to know the math pretty well to facilitate a successful math discussion. 
I think this is a really important point here, friends. We can't just let the talking happen because that's when it fizzles out. We have to go into the discussion with a purpose, with a plan, knowing the math that the students are going to discuss. Okay, the second thing that a math makes up a math discussion is the opportunity to share ideas. In math discussions, students have to share their ideas and listen to others' ideas. We can't all share our ideas, right, at once. So how do students share their ideas in your math discussion? After years and years of doing this, I suggest that you have a few students share their pathways to a solution and strategically select those students, then make their work visual. Personally, I like to chart it up, and while they're describing what they did, I like to chart up what they did. They could also put their work under a document camera, or they could even make a chart of their work. Either way, this has to be some way so others can see the student's work. That way, they can speak about the student's work, referring directly to it as evidence in the discussion. We do this in reading. We ask our students all the time to go back to the text and support their answer with evidence from the text. We got to do that in math too. We ask our students in writing to go back to the mentor text to see what the author did to craft their lead or to include dialogue. We got to do that in math too. We have to send our students back to the written documentation of their mathematical thinking as evidence in the math discussion. It actually, it's like a chicken and egg situation, right? You have to show your work so others can understand it so in the discussion, you can be more clear in your explanation. It's this idea, it's a motivator for students to be more clear in their models. Love it, love it so much. All right, number three in our definition of a math discussion is construct convincing arguments about how and why things work. Okay, this can start as early as kindergarten, explaining how and why things work and having an argument for why. And obviously it will continue on through high school, college, and into career. But students or people of all ages can work on this skill. In fact, I feel like this particular skill requires lots of other skills. Students in primary grades can start talking about why they put their unifix cubes in six of 10 and how that made it easier for them to solve because they could just count the 10 instead of saying one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. And students in third grade can start to describe how the commutative property works by manipulating their array by shifting it from three rows of seven to seven rows of three. And students in middle school can create an argument that a double number line is more effective than a ratio table for showing a relationship. These strategies work for all grade levels, but the idea here is to construct an argument, make a claim, tell me what you think. It honors our students as mathematicians and that is how we build their math identity. That's how we show them that they have valuable ideas. And when we give them a platform of a math discussion to share it to a captive audience, we, re we reinforce, we want to hear what you have to say. Your math ideas are worth sharing, are worth discussing. 
And there's nothing more powerful than showing students that you mean what you say. And while you host a math discussion, there are so many opportunities for students to feel welcomed and fulfilled as mathematicians. All right, I'm getting on my soapbox a little bit there. Number four in our definition of breaking down NCTM's uh, definition from principles to action is develop language for expressing mathematical ideas. Okay. Language development and vocabulary are always hot topics in education. I feel like people are always wondering and talking about how we can get students to use academic vocabulary. I mean, I don't know. Are you having those conversations at your school or have you in the last five to 10 years? There's no better way to use vocabulary than in context for real purposes. And math discussions allow students to use math vocabulary and language for a real purpose, to describe their thinking and wonder about others' thinking. This just happened the other day. We were doing a, a fraction problem, and we haven't done a fraction unit in third grade yet, but I like to work in fraction problem of the day as a way to help students see that they have fraction understanding, and we can slowly build some vocabulary around it. So students were talking about half. Well, they got half or they got a piece. And that gave me the perfect opportunity to say, wait a minute, half? When, is, when do you and your brother have halves? And they obviously they describe when, you know, the cookie's broken into two pieces. And so then we can redirect back to the problem and say, wait a minute, you know, she split that brownie, which is the problem is about, she split the brownie into six pieces. How can that be half? And they start to think, wait, that's not half. And then they realize that they don't actually have a word for it. And what a perfect example of a time when we can give math vocabulary that might actually stick, right? Because when we need a word, we're more likely to remember that word later. So anyhow, I can then say, you know what? That's called a sixth because there's six pieces. And so one sixth two sixth and just light bulb moments happening all over in the classroom. So that I tell you that just to say, when you give students words in context that applies to something that they're trying to figure out and they really want to know, it, it sticks. They remember it. It's much more powerful than giving them the word and the definition and asking them to, you know, to do some classic vocabulary practice exercises. And those aren't necessarily wrong. I'm no vocabulary expert, but I do know that using vocabulary in context for expressing your mathematical ideas is really powerful. Okay, so what is a math discussion? In Principles to Action, they gave us that long definition and we're on the final piece of it. Learn to see things from others' perspectives. It's probably my favorite one because it transcends the math classroom. And in fact, I think that this is how math can change the world. And in math, we teach our students that although there may be one answer, there are often many right answers and even more pathways to get to those answers. We teach our students that it's okay to do things differently and that we can wonder and we can appreciate those perspectives that are different than ours. And that we seek to understand 
those other perspectives to help us learn more about our own understanding. I mean, oh my gosh, what a different world we would live in if this was the type of thinking that was the norm. I love it. I love it so much. Okay, let's let's get to how you can make this happen in your classroom. All right, four ways of how you're going to start having these powerful math discussions with your students. Number one, establish a meeting place. And I talked about this in the episode before this, but I personally love a circle for math discussions. It allows your students to see each other, and there's really something special about circles. Everyone has seen is seen unobstructed and occupies the same amount of space as their peer. So if you want to hear me go off a little bit more about why I love circles, I hope you listened to the episode before, but also you can check out my blog post on why I love circles. I'll link it in the show notes. And then the second one is start with a notice and wonder. All right, so you can start every math discussion with this. Have your students notice and wonder about the work that you made visual. This simple structure allows every single student to engage. Just simply say something you see. That's as simple as it is. And all you have to say is, study the work. Look at the work. What do you see? And because this structure is so open, it allows for your students to take it as deep into the mathematical world as they are ready to go. Their observations and wonderings can be surface level or they can be deep in math. And the best part is it's your job as the facilitator to listen and hear what they're noticing and wondering and then choose a way that you wanna take that discussion. What is a noticing that you could use to move their thinking even deeper? All right, number three. Use a turn-in talk. Turn-in talks are my method to engage every student from the very first interaction in math discussion. Okay, so once all my kids have shared their math work and we have some math ideas to discuss, I ask the students to turn and talk. This ensures that every kiddo has talked before anyone speaks to the whole group. I think it's I think about this time as like a warm up for my students voices. It's their place to practice their ideas and rehearse them before they have to jump into sharing them with the whole class. Instead of just guiding them to the way I want them to do it. Instead, I'm changing my questions and prompts to be responsive to where they are. We teach so many things responsive to our students and their current level of understanding. I think about phonics. I think about writing and reading. And we find out where our student is. And then we help them build their skills from that point. And that's what we got to do in math. Where is your student now? And what small nudge or prompt or question can you ask them to deepen their understanding just a bit? It's not about just showing them what to do and having them do it, but it's about helping them understand more, understand better. And that happens through listening and really truly knowing what your students understand. Okay, so those are the four tips for getting started, but I have a whole guide for creating an engaging math discussion 
in your classroom. So go grab that guide because I'm going into way more detail about all the things in there. It's at www.monamath.com slash discussions. And if you didn't know, I live in Chicago, so you can probably hear the train and the motorcycles and all the things, but that's a fun fact. All right, well, that's it for the chat today, you guys. I can't wait to hear how you are leading math discussions in your classroom, so be sure to reach out to me and share your successes and your questions. I can't wait to chat with you more. Bye.